marketing etc takes you into topics and trends in business with a marketing view lens. Join your host Tokbe Ayedu, a multicultural and multi-industry marketing and business leader as he dives into his vast and diverse network to go into conversation with thought leaders and experts in business and marketing. Listen to Marketing Etc. on your favorite podcast platform and watch on YouTube. It was the management guru, Peter Drucker, who said marketing encompasses the entire business. It is the whole business seen from the point of view of its final result, that is, from the customer's point of view. This is the philosophy I subscribe to. Today on Marketing Etc. This episode of Marketing Etc. is the third part of my conversation with Janet Milner Walker about the beauty industry. And today we are looking more at the geographical market contributions, uh, the prevalence of mergers and acquisitions in the beauty industry, and the changing shoppers' behavior. I'm sure there's something for you in this episode. Um, Janet, I, I, I stumbled on two interesting stats. Uh, I call them my two forty percent. Okay. Uh, which you know, they, I didn't create them. Uh, you know, I, I saw them in a Statista uh, report on the global beauty industry. I saw two forty percent stats jumped at me. So mm-hmm. I'll talk about. I want us to talk about both of them. The first one. Okay. Um, the Asia Pacific region actually mm-hmm. uh, is contributing forty percent of the market share globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, ordinarily, I would have thought, oh, that would be the Americas, you know, the US in particular, and then Europe. But mm-hmm. Asia Pacific dominantly control forty percent. What is happening in that region? So, in terms of that region, if you, it's a lot of it's driven by skincare as well. Um, so they've always been a big market, um, and they've always been a big market in the beauty industry. But if you look at some of the trends that have come out of there um, in terms of um, skincare brands and the amount of money people spend on skincare brands, that's driven a lot of uh, the change in that industry. They've also, and then within skincare itself, if that's segmented further, you look at some of the growing trends that are come through there for, in terms of sen- uh, skincare for sensitive skins. Um, microbium, which is about developing personalized skincare products or bespoke skincare, that's another thing driving that um, industry. And then the amount of money they spend on fragrances as well. So all of those things, if you combine them, that's what um, that growth has come from. But also it's been a big, it's always been a big marketplace for, for beauty industry. Mm. So the amount of money people there spend versus the amount of money we spend in some of the other parts of the world. Interesting. It's just, it's just some. That's one of the areas that they spend more money in, but also the size of the marketplace has influenced that. Interesting. And then when you talk about that share number, obviously, you know, the APAC region has got you know billions, you know, yeah. of population. Um, uh, the closest region to that is Africa. Uh, yes. And as you know, I'm quite passionate about Africa as well, and. We're not seeing that coming out of Africa in terms of, you know, but from your experience, you mm-hmm. know, and, and running a consultancy that, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on the African beauty 
So we, we are definitely seeing the changes. It's not nowhere near that scale at the moment, but there's no reason why it couldn't reach that scale because of the population. So if you see, look at the size of the population, um, it's as you, um, in terms of the size of the population, I think we, and also the um, affluency of the population, I think in Africa, um, it's, well, it's, I haven't got the exact number on me at the moment, but it's tri uh, tripled over the past 30 years. So the size of the population's grown. This, uh, the in terms of the spending power of the population as well, that's um, also transitioned. So you've got a lot more people who are becoming more affluent in the region. You then have the disposable income to spend on beauty. And then we look at the types of products that people in that marketplace would be buying in terms of skincare and hair care as well. Um, th there is a growing trend, so it, it, Africa has still been behind in terms, partly because of disposable income, but not, but not in terms of demographics now or in terms of the size of the population. So that's all changing, as we both know. Um, and as you know, I'm also very uh, passionate about the African market myself, being South African. Um, so all of that's changing. The spending power is changing. It, it's a growing marketplace in terms of the number of people. And we can certainly, and we are seeing that coming through, although it's nowhere near the size of the scale at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what, what are you seeing? I mean, from your own practice, just, yeah, I mean, I'm not asking for your trade secrets, no. <laughs> so in terms of from what we're seeing, well, certainly, <laughs> there's a lot more people who, it's always been an entrepreneurial market. Yeah. So they've always been people setting up businesses. So we're seeing a lot more of that, but we're also seeing a lot more people who are setting up businesses in the beauty industry, whether they're going about developing their own brands, because I've certainly seen that come through from Nigeria as well. Um, we've also had a lot of inquiries from South Africa, and we do work with companies in South Africa. Um, so it's all, the entrepreneurship is growing, but has always been a big part of that industry. Um, and then in terms of people wanting to find out how to develop their own brands and then technology as well. So the, the size of technology and the growth of technology has accelerated across that industry, across that marketplace, should I say, as well. So all of these things are lending it themselves to people starting up their own businesses in the beauty industry. Good. Now let's talk about my my order forty percent. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you touched on it already, but let, let me bring it up to you. In in twenty ten, uh, mm -hmm. the skincare category accounted for thirty one percent of the you know uh, the size of the market. In twenty nineteen, forty percent. So skincare in particular. Skincare, well, skincare has changed dramatically um, for a number of reasons. It's always been a big, once again, it's always been a big category. Um, but a couple of things that have made skincare change even more is a lot of these things are linked to technology. So people, first of all, people understand being having access to information. Um, so they're able to go online, they're able to do research, they're able to understand skincare, the ingredients, um, and also the impact that has on us as, as consumers. So there's um, technology that's made people become experts in skincare and studying skincare. Um, and as a result, technology, what's also changed is the way people can um, purchase skincare. So they previously went into department stores, they went to spas and salons, now they go online. Um, so people can buy skincare readily, but they're also far more informed when they're buying skincare. Uh, social media has changed skincare as well. 
So the number of people producing YouTube videos, um, also obviously going onto Instagram and making it far more accessible to people. So that's changed the way in which people shop for skincare. And then of course you've got all the trends that have changed skincare. So um, one of the biggest trends that are coming about at the moment is personalization. So creating bespoke formulations for people. So previously in skincare, you used to shop based on age. So you'd buy whether you were younger or older, you'd buy skincare for the age of your skin. And then you'd also buy skincare uh, because it was segmented into skincare for dry skin, oily skin, the, the type of skincare you, uh, skin you had, or the concerns you had with regards to skincare, whether it was sensitive skincare. Now it's um, about really buying personalized skincare. So understanding the DNA of your skin and then actually having brands that are uh, catering to that and producing products that are specific to your skincare needs so that you can actually have something made up in the future. You'll have things, you're seeing it now, but you'll see more and more of this in the future. Having products made up specifically for your skin based on your skincare needs. You've, um, and then there's all the other changes in terms of ingredients, which we've spoken about before, clean, clean ingredients, there's also a big um, category growing in terms of uh, products for acne. So a lot of people suffering from acne and a growing sector of um, brands launching products specifically for acne. There's, um, we've also seen changes in the environment in terms of uh, products coming up for anti-pollution um, and also products developed for um, probiotic skincare. Um, so, so there's lots and lots of trends that are coming through in terms of skincare. But I think one of the biggest um, drivers of that particular marketplace has been um, technology. So being able to shop more readily for skincare and being made more aware of skincare through social media. Good. That's interesting. That's that's really that's really interesting because I mean I, I was um, you know I mean the whole industry was growing. I mean you you did you did mention twenty one percent growth and all of that, but then skincare, you know, was growing faster. Um, you know, so yeah, that, that that was what caught my attention to to want to find out from from you about that. Um, what I've also seen, um, you know, mm-hmm. what everyone must have seen in the last few years in. Um, uh, in, in the beauty industry is the merger and acquisition mm-hmm. that's been happening. Uh, you and I know, you know, that definitely there yeah, are mm-hmm. strategic drivers mm-hmm. behind this, you know, from geographical market mm-hmm. expansion uh, to, to, to uh, uh, diversification, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, is that there's always a strategy behind this. So let me mm. let me just pop up mm. a few of these that, that that came up in 2019. So Unilever took over Tatcha for nearly 500 million USD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Estee Lauder took over Dr. Jad Plus and mm-hmm. do the writing brand for 1.1 billion mm-hmm. USD. Um, and by the way, that that you know, that was those two brands uh, in the Asian market. So mm. we probably can easily say, you know, that's a geographical market expansion mm-hmm. strategy. Cotty mm-hmm. uh, Inc. paid six hundred million USD for fifty one percent in mm. highly cosmetic. That mm-hmm. I would want you to talk about because mm-hmm. there is a section that that kind of sell it's buying into an influence. Mm-hmm. That's something I would like you to talk about definitely. Colgate paying 1.5 billion euros for free logger all get us a late entrant into the beauty uh you know industry in that sense mm-hmm. 
right? Uh, uh, in 2017, they've acquired PCA schemes and LTMD. So uh, uh, this 1.5 billion euros investment really shows that, you know, mm. I, I, I've come late. I need to do this mm. get there quite fast. Luxitin, uh 900 million USD mm. for enemies. Even a Brazilian brand, Natura, mm. you know, took over Avon, the, the global mm. well-known Avon customer. Mm. Let's talk strategy. Okay. Right. So there's so you've mentioned quite a few there, which are really interesting, Topi. And then there's also another one, Shiseido and Drunk Elephant, which is a, a recent acquisition as well. Um, and so all of these brands that obviously are the ones doing the acquisition are big brands and traditional brands that have built up over years um, and have a very very big um, organization, very big infrastructure in place. And the, as we both know, when, when you are a big brand or a big company like this, it is difficult to make changes quickly. So it's difficult to pivot your business quickly. So rather, and also it, it, it does take time to innovate as well when you're in such a large organization. But in the meantime, these other brands that are emerging are the ones that are quick to markets. Um, they don't necessarily have the large infrastructure in place because they started out as an indie beauty brand, they've grown quickly. So they've got great innovation in place and then they've obviously got access to funding to be able to scale their business and then they get bought up by a larger, uh, bought out by a larger organization. So as you've mentioned, Coty and Kali Cosmetics. So there's, from both sides, so the larger organization, obviously the reason why they're buying is a strategic advantage. Um, so in providing, uh, buying into something that they don't necessarily have access to as quickly as and obviously for the smaller organization they're there because they want to be bought out some of them um so so that's always what's happening here but in terms of the strategic advantages um and i will come on to koti and kali but if you think about somebody like natura and avon cosmetics avon avon cosmetics itself has been around for a long time so it's also been a very well established brand but what makes them different is their direct to consumer approach so they've had that and and this is what we're seeing across the beauty industry is the importance of building up your community so you either have the direct to consumer approach through avon which is a direct selling business or you do it online where you sell purely direct to consumer and you build up a very strong social media following um, and once you've got that relationship with your consumers there's so many advantages for you as an organization because you're talking directly to the end customer rather than going through multi-channels before you're understanding what your customer wants and also you, you enable yourself to build up loyalty and your following and the strength of your relationship with your consumer so that's what's happening with a lot of these companies Kali obviously um, has built up their following through social media so they have a very very strong social media following Koti um, Koti has different parts to their business and they have a very strong well they had a very strong uh, professional hair care sector as well which they've also had to look at how they diversify or sell onto somebody else um, so and they haven't necessarily had that innovation um, in terms of social media and following through the different brands that they own so they've had to go out and acquire that through Kylie Cosmetics you know, it's interesting because I was, I was going to ask before, I was going to ask you this question before when I look at this figure, you know, 900 million, 1 point mm. something billion and all that. I was going to say, are these brands really worth the valuation and what these bigger companies are paying for it? But then we're talking about either 532 billion market, 
mm. on the 4.2 trillion market. So then, mm. when you put it in that context, you know, mm. it's, you know, and again, the, the, like we said, the strategic advantage mm. uh, that, you know, these different acquisition and mergers will be bringing, uh, you know, then you could see that, you know, it's worth paying that for, for, yeah. for, for, for them. It's a wrap on this edition of Marketing Etc. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube to be notified of new editions as they come on.